Ladies and gentlemen of the class of 2020, wear face cream. If I could only offer you one tip for the future, face cream would be it. The long-term benefits of face cream have been proved by scientists, whereas the rest of my advice has no basis more reliable than my own internet-poisoned experience. I will dispense this advice now. Enjoy the power and beauty of your youth. Oh, never mind. You won't get a chance to appreciate the power and beauty of your youth until they've faded. But trust me, in 20 years, you'll look back at all the college debt you've accrued and how you'll never break free working paycheck to paycheck getting some rich asshole richer. You are not as fat as you imagine. But even if you are, fuck it. Don't worry about the future. Or worry. But know that worrying will eventually rot you from the inside out. The real trouble in your life is the existential dread that lurks in your subconscious. The kind that blindsides you at 4pm on some idle Tuesday. Do one thing every day that could cancel you. Fall in love on the internet, but never appear on a television dating show. Respect your elders. Unless they're racist. Don't waste time being outraged over people you don't know. Sometimes you're ahead, sometimes you're behind, the race is long, and in the end, everyone dies. Remember compliments you receive, forget the insults. Please compliment me. I'm begging you. Keep your old sex, throw away your old bank statements, overdue bills, and LinkedIn emails. No free clout. Don't feel guilty if you don't know what to do with your life. The most interesting people I know didn't know at 22 what they wanted to do with their lives. Some of the most interesting 40-year-olds I know drive for Uber. Don't let some idiot online try to remind you to drink water. Be kind to the bees. You'll miss them when they're gone. Maybe you'll marry. Maybe you won't. Maybe you'll have children. Please don't have children. Maybe you'll divorce at 40. Maybe you'll dance to Cotton Eye Joe on your 75th wedding anniversary. You know that song is about an STD, right? Please get tested. Enjoy your body. Use it every way you can. Don't be afraid of it or care what other people think of it. Start in OnlyFans and sell feet pics. Buy a gun. Read the directions even if you don't follow them. Do not read beauty magazines. Print media is dead. Take photos of your parents. You never know when they'll be gone for good. Be nice to your siblings, they're your best link to your past, and you may need to crash on their couch one day. Understand that friends come and go, but a few will become Republicans. Work hard to bridge the gaps in geography and lifestyle, for as the older you get, the more you need the people around you to keep your secrets. Don't believe influencers. Live in New York once, but leave when there's a global pandemic. Live in the woods once, but leave before it makes you a libertarian freak. Accept certain inalienable truths. Prices will rise, your wages will not, politicians will be scum, you too will get old. And when you do, you'll remember that when you were young, prices were still high, politicians were rapists, and the police were still a gang. Fuck the police. Don't expect anyone to support you unless you're a sugar baby. Maybe you're fin-doming someone, Maybe you'll have an affair, but you never know when their significant other might find out. Never cut your own bangs. You don't want to look like a Philly art student. Almost everything on the internet is a lie. Be cautious taking anything at face value. Nostalgia is a poison sold to you under the guise that the past was better than the present. 
question authority. Don't be a narc. Have a nice life. But trust me on the face cream. Hey everyone, and welcome to this week's Have a Nice Life, episode 24, I believe, getting close to 25. Jack Bauer in this <laughs> A bitch. quarter life podcast crisis coming up <laughs> around the corner. I'm Dan. I'm Erica. And uh, yeah, no shortage of shit going on this week. <laughs> this is the first time in a while that I feel like normally when we record this, especially lately... It's like, holy shit, like, it's time to record another podcast again. And then this week, it feels like we haven't recorded in a fucking month because of so much shit that's happened. I know. I feel like in order to be current, we need to make this like a twice weekly affair. <laughs> God. <laughs> but then I mean, that's lately, more chances for me to get canceled. So, Or we can just, you know, cut our two hour episodes into one hour episodes <laughs> and really true. cheap out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, holy shit. How, what have you been up to? <laughs> I guess uh, is how we usually start these things. I oh, mean, uh, yeah, go on. Yeah, it, sorry. It's been a, it's been a week, as you know. Uh, <laughs> so I have gone full. I, if you've been listening to this podcast, what I'm about to say is not going to surprise anyone, especially Dan. But I have just gone full whatever I was going for to begin with. And I've just been concealed carrying every day. Really? Yeah, I renewed. <laughs> well, that's my, some PA life shit, yeah, right? Well, I renewed my concealed carry permit. Um, oh, nice. But yeah, I'm like convinced now. I have to move to a state with constitutional carry. <laughs> yeah, where yeah. where's that? Where are you thinking? I know Vermont has it. Uh, Vermont also has mountains. Wyoming True. has it. Wyoming also has mountains. But. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, constitutional carry is you can carry a firearm concealed or open without a permit. Pennsylvania isn't constitutional, but they you can carry a firearm open without mm-hmm. a permit in any county except for Philadelphia. So it's like almost. I, mean, I guess that makes sense. What about Pittsburgh? Is Pittsburgh in that? I don't believe Pittsburgh's a class one city. I think there's under a million people there. So, yeah, you can uh, still. I think you're an idiot if you want to open carry in Pittsburgh. But true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh, so, yeah, that that's <laughs> that's consumed your week for the most part. It's dope as fuck. Yeah. Just to leave the house and be not be lacking. <laughs> don't catch Erica lacking. <laughs> <laughs> I have like a little holster, too, that. uh I just, uh, yeah, it's difficult for me to dress slutty like I like to do because you can see the outline of my my piece. <laughs> but yeah, you got, uh, no visible panty lines. You got visible heater lines. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's because I don't want to compromise. I don't want like a little snub nose. I carry around a, a nine mil. That's fair. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like this week, like I said, everything has been. Just the world has been going on. Uh, shit's been getting hot around the what's, world. What's the been going on in your in your world? 
I mean, nothing as exciting as yours, obviously. Because you live in New Jersey. It's the the <laughs> like the worst state for firearms. I mean, I feel like I haven't been lacking, just lacking a little more than you. Um, I actually recently brought home, this is actually really funny, because uh, there's been a whole string of kind of like robberies and shit lately. I mean, just during the pandemic in general. But when I was the down purge. to visit my... When I, uh, <laughs> the pandemic purge. I do it with my balcony. Um, but my I brought home like a baseball bat from my parents' house. And my mom was like, you're not going to do crime. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? Be gay, do crime. <laughs> She's the first thing I've ever had. Is, you're not going to use it for crime. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Step one, become an undercover cop. Step two, smash out windows at an auto zone. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, we'll definitely get into that. Uh, but yeah, it's I've just been so the outdoors no longer brings me joy. Like I no is it because the normies got to it? I no longer require the concept of outside. <laughs> <laughs> I've evolved beyond it at this point, and um, for some reason, I've just been like watching 45 minute videos of people playing through old like Super NES simpsons games i feel like we switched because i was on a big youtube kick mm-hmm. like my algo became frightening <laughs> and then okay. now now all i'm doing is stoop time uh, stoop okay. time yeah, with stoop wine we flip-flopped a little bit yeah i um i was listening to a podcast where they're talking about the old nintendo game bart versus the space mutants like a classically terrible game uh and i'm like holy shit I like all of those old Simpsons games were so repetitive and like hard for no reason. Just like for they're hard for the reason that it was like bad design. They're just hard <laughs> to play, not like hard difficult wise. And I was like, holy shit. They're talking about all this stuff I don't even remember. And I, I literally just started watching videos of like all the old Simpsons games I used to have that like you can't get past for the first level. I kind of love those old video games, like, for that reason, though. Like, like, the kind where you die and you have to start at the beginning of the game. That, <laughs> like, or, like, do you remember in, I think, the first Tony Hawk, there was so many glitches in the game that you could just, like, get lost the in these little crevices and just <laughs> yeah. rack up in a crazy amount of points, just do, like, seven backflips in a row, but then sometimes you'd get stuck and you'd have to restart. Yeah, you just, like, clip right through the wall. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's some classic, like, broken game shit. But yeah, like, the games were just so bad, and they were just, like, licensed out to all kinds of, like, random foreign companies, and, like, Bart doesn't even look like him. <laughs> like, he's wearing, like, different colored clothes. And... Eat pant. <laughs> Eat pant. <laughs> so, he, uh, yeah, so, but, like, watching these playthroughs, I was like, holy shit, like, there were all these other port- parts of, like, the games that I never noticed, because I could not physically, as a child, get to them. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so I've been watching a lot of that, and, you know, that's been pretty productive, I can say. <laughs> um, I know the, the our, our dying fans are... Uh, dying fans are... Our fans are dying to know about um, any updates on my Aesop soap. And I can officially say I've run out. Oh, no. And I gotta say, so $45 soap, it's lasted me since January. Well, that's like that very expensive lip balm that I recommended to you that you're also burning through at an unprecedented rate. Oh, no, that's like rate. gone already. Like yeah. there's like it's this much it's left. The, it's the nub. Yeah. Yeah. And when you got to get a Q-tip. 
it's um i love that shit though it's great it's it's great lip balm the milk kush lip balm nice and tingly but yeah i I literally only use that when i'm at my desk and i've like blown through it but yeah no the aesop soap i gotta say it's lasted me almost like five and a half months (laughs) but i've switched over to keel's coriander soap and i gotta say it's pretty good nice but I love the concept. You sent me that video of the guy talking about, like, what things cost. And I love the <laughs> idea of, like, literally basically saying the more your soap is, like, closer to dirt, the more expensive it is. Yo, like, that's literally. no joke. I I bought a $20 deodorant this week because it smelled like eucalyptus. Love that. And then I bought a DS and Durga fragrance that literally just smells like someone set fire to a building. I love it. Is that like the burning barbershop one? Yes, I love it. Really? Yeah. So I, I, I love. Yeah, like date, nothing. Like a while nothing ago is better than you know the smell it. of burning hair. <laughs> <laughs> no, so like I I went on a date with a man who wore it, and I didn't care for the man, but I loved the fragrance, and That's so growth. I got it for myself. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um, speaking of deodorant, um, I recently started my natural deodorant journey. I got hooked on, um, I bought the Miro deodorant. Okay. Not a sponsorship, unless they want to send us some free shit. Yeah. But it's like literally like they like sponsored ad- added me to death. And That's what like, happened fine. with the deodorant that I just bought. Yeah, I'm like, fine, I'll, I'll play your game. I'll buy it. I'll give it a shot. Um, I'm tired of having like deodorant stains in my white shirts and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the worst part is, so not getting to like the actual experience yet, but... I think if you get, if you actually buy something that's a sponsored ad to you, like that should make the sponsored ad go away. Like I already, you got my money. Like yes stop. Yes and no, because deodorant is something that you purchase over and over again. Well, that's and the it's funny thing about the for you to buy, like for you to get retargeted to like buy it and just like subscribe or keep buying it, than for them to get a new customer. Um. Well, so that's the funny thing about Miro. It's of the millennial model of subscription. <laughs> they just send you more every three months oh my god i realized yesterday that i have not stopped my bi-weekly <laughs> delivery of two paper towels oh my god my apartment in brooklyn <laughs> you know for a fact that people are just they've been like they've they been haven't needed them. you've been supplying your entire apartment building with like hard to find paper items <laughs> well for a while I was like, I was cheating the system a bit because I I ordered one and it got stolen. Mm-hmm. So I like went on the Amazon chat bot and I was like, hey, it got stolen, blah, blah, blah. And because it was under $10, they just sent me a new one. No questions asked. Oh, yeah. I love so that I did that a few times. So I didn't have to pay for paper towels for like six months. <laughs> yeah. But now I'm back to just like paying for them because I've forgotten. So I hope my neighbors are appreciating them. Either that or I'm going to go back to Brooklyn. And if if my apartment building is still there. <laughs> True. I'm going to just have like a wall. Because, oh, okay, so I get them every two weeks. It's like a box that's big enough for two. How many weeks has it been? It's, it was March. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, you fled the end of March, I think. So... Yeah, solid two months. Ah, I mean, 
less than you think probably plus but. that was even still too much for me to begin with i had like a <laughs> backlog of no dan i'm not kidding i had like seven to ten like unused paper towels already like i just don't use them. oh my god i have too many but yeah the the natural deodorant now is like the worst time to start trying natural deodorant because i'm just sweaty all the time do you have central air I do. My landlord literally just put it on yesterday, mm. and he keeps it at 74. Well, I don't so. have that at all. So. <laughs> do you have window units at least? I have a window unit on my third floor. So where I, I wish sleep. I had like a window unit that I could use. I don't pay for electricity in my apartment, so oh, my landlord so probably nice. wouldn't even let us put a window unit in. My, um, yeah, but my... I wish I like could control it myself, you know, because I'm like a, I want it to be like 68 degrees at all times, yeah. like 65 at night. And, my uh, yeah, seventy-four my, is too hot. But yeah, uh, my pico Now it's just eighty degrees and humid every day, and I'm just—I literally ran out right before I went to start of the podcast today. I'm like still like patting my brow with a soaking wet paper towel. Ugh, yeah, it's really gross. I have so the room where I podcast from is my office, and I think because it's on the second floor, it's like a little bit so some information for our listeners and for Dan, who's never been to my house before. I haven't. Um, this house is three stories tall. And on the other side of the street, they're only two stories tall. So I get like no shade on uh. the top two floors. Um, so it gets really hot in here. So I think I need to get a second window unit. Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be a bad idea, especially since you're working from home. So like you're in that room all the time. Yeah. But um, I just love, I, everyone's like, why would you ever move from the East Coast? Because I'm considering it. That's all I'm going to say, but I'm considering it. And it's like, people are like, oh, it's so cold in like other parts of the country. And it's like, no, bitch, that's why I want to move. I hate this humidity. <laughs> like humidity Philly, Philly is the city where like every friend I have who's in a band who tours is like, how the hell is it hot and humid here at two in the morning? And it's like, oh, yeah, because it's hell. <laughs> yeah it's and it's not uh, the close enough to the me. ocean to like be able to be like oh i could just go to the beach yeah it's still like 45 minutes to get there yeah well that that's something actually i've noticed and i brought it up to my friend recently and she was like what the fuck are you talking about the sun feels hotter than i remember it to be like not like in the last few years like i remember the sun 10 years ago not being as hot as it is now uh, I don't know why I feel like the UV rays are hotter than they used to be, but literally like when Climate you're in the sun, change, perhaps it's like a 40 degree difference than being in the shade. I mean, I, I feel it. like, I mean, did you, do you know get who, that though? Like, do, yeah. you, do you experience that or am I just insane? I also like, I mean, I don't think you're wrong. I think that there is definitely a warming trend. Uh, I know that in the last few years I've started like, my hair has been much longer and I've been wearing more black. So that could also be why. But you don't wear black. So no, my hair is longer, though. And it's it's annoying because I feel like it's just always damp. <laughs> How do you think I feel? I know you're you got your life is terrible. I, my life is so hard. <laughs> um, yeah. So <laughs> speaking of uh, conspiracies, uh, such as the sun being hotter. 
Excellent transition. <laughs> so uh, you're familiar with the with the Charles Entertainment Cheese franchise, that is Chuck E. Cheese, correct? I wasn't allowed to go there as a kid. I, I my parents never took me either. It, yeah, but, but I learned later best, that it's be because my parents love me. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> so okay. Uh, given the latest pandemic that's been sweeping the nation, um. Chuck E. Cheese has been losing a ton of money. And, you know, they're a play place slash restaurant. So they've been doing this deceptive tactic to, like, keep themselves running. They've been advertising themselves as a pizza place on Grubhub called Pasquale's Pizza. Okay. And this is from, like, around the country. People have noticed it. Like, this random new pizza place has been popping up on Grubhub. And then they'll cross-reference the address, and it's Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> so people are, like, ordering from what they think is, like, you know some it- like authentic Italian restaurant. I appreciate restaurant. the hustle. I mean, that's a scheme. That's a good-ass scheme. Yeah. And we here at Have a Nice Life HQ love a good scheme. We love a scammer. We stand a scammer. So, but, like, yeah, the- they've been fronting <laughs> as Pasquale's Pizza. <laughs> you know, like, is, it like Chuck- is it Chuck Charles Cheese Entertainment Cheese, DBA Pasquale's? <laughs> yeah. Trotteria Pasquale. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but like at the same time, like, how many pizza places are actually authentic? I would say zero, probably. Yeah. A very small, especially like in a places where like Chuck E. Cheese is like a viable pizza option. Yeah. <laughs> like, like if you have a Chuck E. Cheese like in your vicinity, you probably don't. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's a. So that was hilarious. And then I guess well, since we're on Scam Corner right now, I got to bring up my other favorite scam <laughs> that had popped up recently. So I know we've talked about like Sean King being a scammer. Scare, Please tell me we're going to talk about that. The global scare of. 5G taking over the world and spreading viruses and controlling and our minds. And, People and, literally believe 5G is making you gay. Yeah, and also uh, taking all of our jobs because it's going to lead to a global AI takeover. Um, so there's a thing that popped up recently called the 5G BioShield Revolution. And it's a, it's a USB key that uses quantum holographic catalyzer technology for the balance and harmonization of the harmful effects of imbalanced electronic radiation. And it's literally a USB key with a little etched, like, glass piece on the back of it. Literally a decorative USB stick that I've bought wholesale to like deliver wedding photos for clients on like I'm a good grift how much is oh my it? god I, imagine if i how much if, if i just bought them and was like okay you're getting your wedding photos and also i'm shielding you from 5g radiation i'd make but a killing wait, do they think that the usb do they plug it into like themselves like what i think you're supposed to plug it into like a wall in your home and <laughs> it's kind of like a radon detector <laughs> style <laughs> like i only but it's hate that i didn't think of it first I know. It's just like, oh, do you remember Fuel Shark? No. Oh, my God. So this actually, there's a long running of, like, plug-and-play scam shit that is amazing. So this is back during, like, the real prime, um, as-seen-on-TV kind of, like, Harriet Carter magazines that, like, your mom gets in the mail. Not my mom. It was was this little, not all moms, hashtag. Um... (laughs) 
It was a little USB, like a gray, not USB. It was like a gray plastic um, thing you plug into like your cigarette lighter in your car. And it was supposed to give you better fuel economy. <laughs> and and I remember the website Jalopnik like bought one and tore it down, like tore it apart. And it literally, the only thing it did was power the tiny blue LED light on it. And that was all it did. I love that so much. But it was like, oh, plug this in and you'll get more balanced fuel economy in your car. So this is the same energy. The BioShield device, it uh, retailed for $370. Damn, I need to start a grift this summer. We have to get to we grifting because these are yeah. so good. And uh, it's, yeah, it's people so like, easy to like infiltrate the Facebook mom community. Yeah. I've been working on it for years. Now it's time that we... We mobilize. Yeah. Well, my, my favorite thing. Uh, so these researchers bought one of these USB things and tore it apart. And they said, beyond finding that it was indeed a real functioning USB key that was like 128 megabytes. Like truly, <laughs> they spent six cents on these things. Uh, they said. They drop shipped them from Alibaba. Oh, absolutely. Um, the circular area on the main casing looked like it might be where the quantum holographic catalyzer technology transmitter might be. Carefully taking that off, not to damage the key components, and with crushing disappointment, it looked exactly like a regular sticker. <laughs> <laughs> I, I see the word it. quantum, it's and so I'm like, good. okay, okay. Like, so that nah. is like my scam of the week. And Don't I've, steal my leap. It's so good. So yeah, between Chuck E. Cheese being Pasquale's Pizza <laughs> and selling people like burnt-ass party zone pizza... <laughs> We got the 5G bio-revolution USB stick hitting the market and hitting it hard. I just, if I just like harness that ingenuity and channel it into something for myself, <laughs> I have I mean, it made. Speaking of other scams, I got an antibodies test the other day. I feel personally ripped off by this. <laughs> so, um... Jersey City, I got to say, proud of where I'm from, Jersey City has been kind of the leader in testing in the country in terms of they were like one of the first cities in the country to provide COVID testing and antibodies testing without any kind of symptoms. And now they pushed it beyond to where you don't even need an appointment to do it. So the other day I had to move my car for the street sweeper. So I'm like, oh, let me drive over to the testing facility. There was no fucking line. I walked right in. I filled out a paperwork on like a clipboard. They took blood out of my arm, and then a day later, I got the results, because I was like, holy shit, Erica was sick as fuck, and that same day, like, we podcasted twice that week. I made you spaghetti. And you made me dinner, and uh, we, you know, you you coughed in my face, and- Also, uh, I'm sorry that I need to interrupt this for an, like, a, but this is very important. So, it is is currently 4.08 p.m. on- uh saturday mm-hmm. i don't know what the date is because dates don't exist <laughs> it's the 30th people are already shed setting shit on fire here in philly isn't the protest in philly like monday like they're getting a two-day head start right now no it's today oh it's well today. i think it's also on monday but yeah, oh shit it's today and uh yeah shit is already i don't know if people have been hearing the sirens i haven't been able to hear it on yeah my it's, from this, you. it's this cardioid mic doing oh, its yeah. job but yeah there's it's been sirens pattern. there's been helicopters oh shit uh yeah so i think they're in center city but this picture looks like the fire is north of center city oh shit uh, so i don't think that's all the way up here in fishtown 
but yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll give you a we'll we'll, we'll give you a play listeners. by play, but you'll get it a few days late. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, so I got my antibodies test, and uh, yeah, Erica spat in my eye right before she got sick, and on purpose, uh, and then fucking uh i came up the test came up negative granted the tests are like terrible uh actual representations of like i think it's like a 50 50 chance if it's correct or not but yeah i was a little bummed i wanted it to be positive to feel like i was just fucking over it like i'm just so over it well i was like in the throes of it then too because i remember telling you we were we did some really scientific tracing i was like yeah this person i was intimate with we were joking about how i couldn't smell or taste <laughs> like a few days before and i didn't even know that it was a symptom then and then yeah because yeah. that, that symptom didn't pop up until like the end of march or like like later in march yeah. but yeah we recorded the emergency podcast on like march 8th <laughs> and i had already seen you that thursday previously too yeah and <laughs> that podcast got mysteriously lost and then <laughs> uh yeah but that was the day that we also had to go to Best Buy to get a USB-C adapter. So we were in your car. We the were Best in your apartment. Buy in downtown Brooklyn, which probably we doesn't exist anymore face. either. No. And then uh, you made me dinner. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, and you still didn't get me infected. Uh, and that's that's a bummer. Um, but yeah, so I'm still... It's the smoking gun, apparently. It's not as <laughs> contagious as everyone swears it I is. I think it, that's a good possibility. Because yeah, you got sick like two days later. You came down with, like, actual symptoms. I mean, I was, like, sick then, though, because, like I had said, I didn't have my sense of smell or taste for a while, which still supports my theory that I got it while I was traveling, because that was oh, about so two weeks were, before. You were knowingly sick. You know, Erica, that's assault. I did. <laughs> <laughs> that's basically rape. <laughs> the, um, yeah, I don't know. This whole week... I've I've been trying to like keep my mind at bay. So between watching old Simpsons video game playthroughs, I made a parody song, which I believe you'll be hearing at the beginning of this episode as a cold open of sorts. I really like it really made me feel like the entire gamut of emotions. I started <laughs> and I was like, this is funny. Ooh, that hits a little hard. And then there was one point where I actually started crying. <laughs> it's very heartfelt. It's it's but serious. But I was PMSing too, so I don't want to give you too don't much. Don't discount the emotional weight of the song. <laughs> but my favorite thing is I said Now to everyone few... who listens to this podcast is going to know my cycle. <laughs> like every I... three episodes, they're going to yeah. be like, all right, <laughs> she's at it again. <laughs> my, uh, so my favorite thing. So literally that song, um... Basically, I felt like, you know, we had commencement addresses from people like Barack Obama, and I know like John Waters did one. I don't know and- why, but I just, when you said Barack Obama, I just thought of that. I think we talked about this on the podcast already, but that the tweet from that woman that was like, I don't even remember what she said, but she called him Barack O'Barner. No, my favorite Barack Obama is uh, Barf Sack O'Crumbo is my favorite. <laughs> That's a classic like 2010 tweet. It's so good. But yeah, so, um, I you know, all these all these great people were creating, you know, virtual commencement addresses. And I feel like that there was one great person who was not represented and that was me. So <laughs> I recreated the, the classic 1999 Boz Lerman song. 
<laughs> everybody's free to wear sunscreen. It's and funny I was because like, I'd never heard that song before, but I asked Brendan, I was like, have you ever heard this song? And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah. And he like listed off a bunch of facts about the song. And I was like, <laughs> I mean, I was being homeschooled at that point. So yeah. it could be why well, I missed it. Also, I'm I mean, a little younger than both of you, so... Yeah, well, so the thing was... So, I remember the song because it was on... Like, now, that's what I call Music Volume 2, which I had in, like, 1999. Normie. And apparently, it was, a mu- it was a much bigger hit in, like, the UK and shit. Um, <laughs> the funny thing is that, like, it's credited to Boz Lerman, but it's, like, I've never someone heard else's of this music. Boz Lerman? He directed Moulin Rouge. He directed Great Gatsby. directed Australia. He's a director. Australia um, was like one of my sexual awakenings. <laughs> so thank you, Boslerman, for that. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, but yeah. You know it's what like, scene I'm talking about, right? No, I He's got the Australia. water bucket and he's like. As, as much as I love Nicole Kidman, <laughs> I've never seen Australia. Um, uh, but yeah, so like he didn't write the song. He didn't write the words. He didn't do the voiceover. He didn't write the music, but it's credited to him for some reason. This is just the grifter episode. I love it. It's so good. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I, for some reason, like the shit we talk about on this podcast, I had all these like things bumping around my head about like rewriting it. And then I just sat down on Thursday and did it or Wednesday it was. The and cultural I just, touchstone. That I is just went through and nice redid life. all the lyrics. I found the instrumental track and then I just sat down in front of my desk and just did the voiceover. I so, will um, attest he was doing this for hours. I there was distractions in between. I, yeah. I wrote the words and then I like went for a walk and then I came back and recorded and then it's I did all trivia. part of the creative process. You can't burn yourself out. You can't. No. But I, th- I think I'm very proud of it. Uh, well, I put it up on YouTube. So we'll include a link if you want to just listen to it on its own. Um, but I'm very proud of it. I'm going to repost a reference. it on my channel and I'm going to get like way more because some uh, very important YouTubers follow me. That's perfect. I love Which it. But the Ryan funny thing Benwick. is, so I was really proud of it. And then I realized that like almost no one got the source material reference because it's 21 years old at this point. <laughs> but it was originally like a commencement address for the class of 1999. So... I feel like the world's changed a lot in those 21 years, so. Yeah. It's uh, it's your your have a nice life version commencement address for everyone who didn't get to graduate this year. Yeah. And I think it's it's evergreen. I think it <laughs> there's some things in there that won't be changing anytime soon. Yeah, it's true. But, uh, yeah, I think in terms of uh, changing time, should we get into um, maybe how all the bootlickers have been very seen lately? <laughs> the bootlickers have... Oh Come my out. god, apparently someone set a police cruiser on fire and that's what's that. on. Yeah. All the pictures from Brooklyn last oh night. Oh my god, fuck, it's a state trooper. <laughs> it's not even a Philly police, it's a state trooper. Incredible. Oh my god, I, you love to see it. Yeah, so let's get into that. So this whole week has been um honestly an incredible uprising of civilian force against uh authoritarian rule. It's been amazing to see, um, but it has brought out the bootlickers and the capitalist defenders. I don't know, because even my parents are like, yeah, cops are bad. Oh, no, this has been... So, like, there's a couple people I follow on Facebook that I know who... There's one guy I used to work with. Uh, he was, like, a wedding videographer, and he always posts, like, real good, like, pot-stirring, like touchstones on his facebook and it brings out all of his like insane 
Donald Trump can do no wrong, like, keyboard warriors out there. And even them were like, holy shit, this city just needs to arrest the fucking cops. They're obviously murderers. <laughs> and they, they were, like, truly on the side of justice, even though they're totally, like, Donald Trump is the greatest president, like, in America ever. Um, and yet, even them, they're just like, these cops are pieces of shit. Like, they're this is not how you do your job i want to read a i want to read a uh a a text message from my dad okay uh he said hold on wait let me find it we've been i've been talking to my father like much more than i normally do because we've just been sending each other shit from twitter even though i have while i pour myself more yeah i have my father blocked on twitter which is very funny Love um, it. <laughs> just because I don't, I don't want him seeing me, me cussing. Uh, <laughs> I can't get caught cussing on the, on the, on the main. Uh, so my dad said, "These bad cops need to be in jail, or worse, you can't just kill someone and only get fired." Yo, so no, like, that's yeah. like that's the realest talk, and it's amazing to see that it's become like a bipartisan, like a and he, yeah. And he said, "That's what sucks. If you tried to save the guy, you'd likely be killed by these scumbag cops." He started using the word cop instead of police, which I'm so proud of. I'm so proud of my father. Uh, Very soon, people will start picking them off. (laughs) Doing exactly what this scumbag did, killing random innocent people. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's my favorite thing is, like, the people who have been posting, like, real towny energy has been popping up lately, including, like, my sister, like, posting, like, this is protesting with, like, a picture of... MLK like arm in arm like in in Selma and then like people like robbing the target as this is protesting this is crime and it's like oh yeah who the fuck cares it's the same shit with um what was it Ferguson did you uh, see when Target's they- response what Target say Target was like yeah shit sucks we know that there's great injustice we're sorry everyone like we don't really care about the looting we have enough money. Oh, yeah, they made $78 billion last year. I will but- say that, like, I'm, I, I don't think that these things exist to become memes, but I was absolutely losing my shit because did you see the lady, the white lady, running away with, like, four lamps? Like, oh, in her yeah. Arms. I love her. And, like and a, then someone... And the other guy with the throw pillows <laughs> there is was a amazing. Guy, <laughs> there was this one guy. He just, he looked like a, like a 20-year-old, like, I don't even know, just textbook overachiever and he was in the background so there's this picture it like stressed me out because they didn't blur out the faces but of these like black guys who were just like trying to get into the uh like the self-checkouts and get the money but in the background there's this white guy just like calmly walking away with like one set of legos oh yeah it's great (laughs) i mean it's honestly so that's why i'm saying it's brought like a ton of bootleggers out and it's like people Okay, so actually this has been... I mean, this has been a problem forever. So, a great example of people, like, really being a dividing line of, like, where you stand. Have you... You've seen the movie Do the Right Thing? Yeah, Spike of Jones. course. I lived in bed. Spike Shy. Jones. Fucking Spike Lee. Jesus Christ. Wow. <laughs> wow. Typical I'm going to be making man. a donation after that slip there. <laughs> yeah. I, uh... I, um, yeah. But so yeah, I the not Spike only Lee... saw the movie, but I walked past the mural by myself at night, mm-hmm. which I think means I have real street cred. <laughs> yeah, because it's on uh, what is the? It's on Lexington in mm-hmm. 
bed which is a street that's just like really dangerous for no reason. <laughs> I think there's probably a reason, but... I mean, it's systemic. But yeah, yeah. so um, in Do the Right Thing, you know, a man gets a uh, spoiler alert for a movie that's, you know, 30 years old. Um, the man gets murdered by the police wrongfully, um, and the, the street riots, and they burn down the white guy's pizza shop. And the whole thing was, is it like drew a wedge between the people who saw the movie who felt more empathetic towards the loss of property than the loss of life. Yeah. And that's something that's been a problem for human history. It's and that's the same shit. That's why Ferguson. Because it's like a building can be rebuilt. I, I feel like, uh, was it Ferguson where they burnt down the Walgreens? And everyone, or the the CVS. Oh and yeah, people like, were like, everyone used that CVS. Oh yeah. Oh my God, that tweet is legendary. <laughs> oh my God, we all use that CVS. That CVS is all of us. And that it's literally, like, it's like, insured. It's a corporation. Like what? Yeah. The fuck? Yes, and that was the thing that like it stole away a ton of attention from the actual reason why people were rioting. Yeah. Did you see the one the from Atlanta though last night? There were Which one people was were trying to burn down the Waffle House, and everyone was like, no. Yeah, yeah, sparing those spare the Waffle House. It was like Atlanta was like, fuck it all up, but don't touch the Waffle House. Hell yeah. But, I mean, that was the thing is like, um, everyone for some reason feels like they need to defend some corporation. And it's like, yo, like, well, my favorite thing and a lot of the news wasn't showing it is that a lot of the shit that they looted from the Target, they used as supplies for the protest. Yeah. Like, they literally, like, took pop-up tents and then just, you know, took everything from the grocery section and they had milk and paper towels and food for everyone protesting and they, like, distributed it amongst everyone protesting. Plus, it just really goes to show that police aren't, like, the reason why people don't loot normally isn't because the police are there to keep it from happening. It's just because people don't. So it kind of says, like, this is how powerless the police are and that yeah. they're not just trying to keep us safe. Like, they're that's, not. That's why people, like, people don't realize that shit. And that's something I actually, like, I, I was, like, an hour-long conversation with my dad the other day who, same deal, he's, like, very conservative, but it's like, yeah, these cops committed murder. Like, it's very clear. <laughs> um but, you know, I was just like, listen, like, the whole point of looting and rioting is to show that, like, we maintain a polite society just to keep the world moving. And the cops aren't creating order. They're like, just they're terrorizing not... us. And we're paying yeah, them but... to do it. I think since we pay their salaries, I don't want to sound like a libertarian, but, like, I feel like since, like, we pay for them, essentially, we should have some say. And if we're like, we don't need them, then they In should them just murdering? go bye-bye other citizens yeah yeah um the fact that we yeah, pay for you know, this by, shit to happen is just, by rioting it is proving that we outnumber you uh and we're only maintaining a polite society just to keep the world moving and we can change that like you know at at will this is why i think that everyone should live in a city for at least some time so even like when i like growing up being in philly uh being in the suburbs being down the shore like everywhere that i spent my time was like still like a place of privilege even when i was living on my own and i was like in northern liberties i lived by housing projects so it was a little it was a little more um like police but not a ton but then when i moved to bedsty it was like 
is wasn't as like gentrified as Northern Liberties. Um, so it was just constantly like there are police everywhere. And it's like I can understand like people are over policed. And if you don't live in a situation like this, then you don't see it happening and yeah. you don't realize how bad it is. And you don't realize like, oh, the only reason why these people are being targeted is because of their skin color. Cause there are other areas that are just as impoverished that aren't constantly surveilled and the cops are always starting shit. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and I mean, that was the thing. Um, there was the video from the Minneapolis where the cops are just driving down this, like through the intersection and the one cop just like blasts his fucking pepper spray out the window of the car for no reason. Yeah. Just to like fuck with people. Like I hope it was windy enough that he got some in his own eyes. I hope so. Yeah. But yeah, and just fucking crashed the car. (laughs) (laughs) But no, like he's you know, like it's unprovoked. He wasn't in danger. He wasn't you know, people weren't approaching his car, they weren't blocking his path. He was just like, Well, let me blow my Yeah, let me just fucking blast my pepper spray into a crowd as I'm driving by. And I think that like white people and I'm I don't want to say like white people and paint with a broad brush, but I'm gonna say mostly white people. I think they don't realize that, like, I, I I, don't know if, like, the only thing that's going to get them to listen is to be like, hey, if these cops are doing this to black people, they're going to, like, they're, like, I don't want to say they're going to run out of black people, but, like, they're going to start doing it to you eventually, too. Well, it's because... Like, it, they're I not think... your friends. Like, just because no. they're picking on people who are different from you doesn't mean that they're they're your friends. No, and the thing is, it's it's kind of been a long time coming, but it is creating, and, it, and this goes down to police training as well, and how they're being trained. I got trained it, it becomes, longer to set like to set visual displays at Urban Outfitters than the average cop gets trained. Oh to, yeah, like well, literally kill people. That's something that's kind of been long, uh, been like a long statistic, kind of not statistic, but. You know, it takes a lawyer seven years to learn the law. It takes a cop six months to enforce it. You know what I mean? Like, it's... Yeah. I mean, sometimes it's as little as eight weeks. Jesus Christ. Eight weeks. And then you're given a badge and a gun and basically this, like, unspoken thing that's, like, you're above the law. Yeah. And people, it's, you know, it's the shitty people who want to feel that power over someone else. But that's the other thing is, is... Within these police precincts, within these police uh, unions, uh, the fraternal order of police, the, you know, um, the brotherhood of the thin blue line and all that bullshit, they preach essentially like an us versus them mentality. Oh, yeah. And that's the same shit of like, again, this is like a a big reach in terms of severity and, and obviously history, but, you know, when you train someone to view someone else as lesser such as like a genocide, it makes the, um, it lowers your inhibition to like ending that other person's life a lot easier because you're not seeing them as equals. You're seeing them as lesser. Yeah. Like I experienced privilege in a crazy way a few years back. Um, so I was driving and I got pulled over, which happens a lot because I speed and I had a firearm in the car. So I did what you're supposed to do. I had my hands at 10 and 2. I did not move them. I said, mm-hmm. officer, I know that I need to tell you that I have a firearm in the car. So I wanted to let you know it's in the back. It's locked up. The uh, 
the um i didn't have to do this at the time because i had my concealed carry but i was like the ammo was separate because i was transporting it from the range Mm -hmm. and i had to clean it which is the only reason why or else i'd usually have it like in my like right like in the front of my car yeah uh but yeah so he was like okay um thanks for telling me and then he like wrote the ticket and he came back and he was like oh so what kind of gun you have and he like made it a talking boy and then he hit on me and then it was like (laughs) A few months later, the Philando Castile thing happened. Oh, yeah. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Oh, and the, the fucking silence from the NRA was like absolutely deafening on that. I mean, the NRA was basically invented to keep the Black Panthers from having guns. So. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing is yeah. they're supposed to like, oh, this is for gun rights of all Americans, the right to bear arms, the right to Second Amendment, the right to blah, blah, blah. And the second like a black person was shot for having a legal gun and informing the police like and they said nothing it's yeah. like yeah, nothing at all you've, you've like shown legal, your fucking ass legal yeah. carrier legal all that yeah. um it's really really dumb yeah it's uh it's just so fucking ridiculous but yeah i mean i gotta say it's it's been amazing to see people actually you know protesting and rioting and actually getting the country's attention for the most part in a way that it's worked yeah. for the first time in a while. I feel like the looting and all that stuff hasn't been able to steal away most of the media's attention. Like it has in the past. Yeah. And they have focused on, uh, you know, more or less the actual reason why people are, are rioting in the first place. And that's because a cop murdered someone in the street. Yeah. You know, I mean, the cops are doing a really great job of just proving everyone's point that they're not your friends. They're like shooting journalists with rubber bullets. They're like arresting journalists. I mean, journalists suck as it is, (laughs) but at least they're there documenting it. Yeah. Well, so that's something I actually wanted to ask you because you had worked in broadcast news in the past. Mm -hmm. How did you feel like watching the cops wrongfully arrest uh the cnn news team live on the fucking air so i will say that one of the biggest reasons why i got out of journalism was because every news director is a giant pussy doesn't want to uphold what journalism is supposed to be there for which is like to give the facts because they're just so afraid of being sued so like basically if something was happening and we were there like mm-hmm. on the scene and we saw it and we could prove it. We still like they're just so scared of being sued that they yep. can't really share anything that's not approved. And then yeah. 99% of the time, the people that would be confirming these things would be the police. Yeah. So it's why I got out of journalism and I'm not glad that it's happening, but I'm glad that the cameras are there and there's yeah. no way that they could be like, oh, we, we have to wait for a statement from the the police chief. It's yeah. like, no, it's literally happening. Like they turned their guns on like a, a photojournalist. Like uh, I think one of the news, I don't remember which one it was, but I just saw before we started recording that the police that were firing the like the rubber bullets at that news crew, one of mm-hmm. the photographers is now permanently blind. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I didn't hear about that. Yeah. It's very wow. fucked up. Yeah. It's the CNN thing was just like the whole time that on mic on live TV at six in the morning or whatever, they're just like, Hey, 
you're advancing down the street. Tell us where you want us to be. Yeah. Tell us where to go. Tell us where... Honestly, the news crew was too nice. They're just like, tell us where you want us to be to be out of your way. Like, yeah. you point. And then literally on live TV, they just put the fucking reporter's hands behind his back and fucking march him away. And then slowly... Uh, that was like an iconic shot of the fucking CNN Chiron that just says like CNN correspondence team being like arrested on live TV. And then it's the cam, the camera guy's camera on the ground pointing at him being arrested by a cop, like truly insane to see that. Yeah. And, we had like a, a family and they got arrested. Together. So the reason they got like booked or whatever was for like inhibiting police action. Yeah. Even we, though they were yeah. like begging the cops to tell them where to go. My my mom coming in with the hot takes, probably without even knowing it, but um, uh-huh. we had like a family get together and we had a family member that was like, oh, they're like just doing their job. They're just doing their job. And my mom's like, oh, you know who else said that? Get the Gestapo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My mom the, like inadvertently, yeah. My mom so like good. inadvertently saying all cops are fascists. It's just well, it's the turn that twenty twenty needed. Honestly, I, I, I mean, I told you the story on. I think I told it on the podcast about like my mom's good friend, who got her house like totally like robbed completely, lost everything, broke her back window, like her back sliding door, and all of her. She had like five cats that like escaped. Yeah. And the cops, like, as they're investigating, like, the thing, like, wrote her a ticket for having too many pets. I love that everyone has, like, a when I realize the cops are just, like, power-hungry fucks. Because yeah. mine, I think I shared this on the podcast before, too. Mine was when I went to file a rape report or, like, a sexual harassment report. Yeah. And they basically laughed at me and they were like, oh, are you sure you didn't, like, uh, put yourself in that situation on purpose? Yeah. Well, I mean, that was the same shit I told the story got, like, about. got, slut-shamed the- by the... Yeah. yeah, and I, to- I told the story about how uh, the thing when I worked at that grocery store and the manager, like, sent out those porn photos to the girl's sister. Yeah. And then, yeah, I-, I went to the police, and they're just like, oh, you weren't kidding about this being hardcore. And I'm like, go fuck yourself. They're like, like where where can I find these? Can I put yeah, these on my like, 5G hard drive? Or yeah. My- yeah, my 5G hard drive? <laughs> yeah, it- it's just... Uh, yeah, the cops aren't your fucking friends, and no. this just makes it more and more. You know, while they're standing on a rooftop taking pot shots at fucking people, like not doing shit on the ground, it's just. And so, this is actually something I was listening to this morning. Um, Chopo Trap House episode talked about this similar stuff. Oh, famous they, uh, left to fascist pipeline, Chopo yeah. Trap House. Um, they they had a. F- I forget what it was exactly. I forget the guy's name. I was literally just listening to it, but. They had a clips, and they, they, I think there's a link in one of their episode descriptions of the video of who this guy is the leading in, like, police training. And it's um, him giving a seminar about, like, police officers and, and armed civilians were also in these lectures of, like, being mentally prepared to take a life. And how if you don't – if you're not prepared to kill someone um, – you shouldn't be allowed to carry a gun. And it's this whole thing of like basically saying that everyone as a police officer is out to get you. And every traffic stop is a part like possible death sentence. And you can't, uh, you can't hesitate to pull the trigger, um, in any situation. And it's essentially, it gets, 
it gets cops trained to be on edge to think that every situation they're in is a life-threatening situation. Yeah. And it takes away what should be the de-escalation training. And that's also something that was something I think Vice did an, uh, a thing about it um, around the time when... I, I forget what president passed it, but it was like the military had the right to sell surplus and uh, gear to local police forces. Which is why you see cops with full riot gear and fucking tanks and like military personal uh, personnel carriers and all this shit like you know being marched through city streets and essentially like tanks uh, and also cops who are wearing you know the tactical bulletproof vest on the outside of their uniform with like an AR-15. They said that military training is you're training to take orders from a superior. Mm-hmm. Your job as like a private in the military is to not ask questions, to only follow orders. Yeah. As a police officer, you're a little more autonomous. You're forced to make decisions and, um, you know, decisions in the moment. And your job is to de-escalate situations from violence, quote unquote, um, at least the way it used to be. But by having these military items... They're also undergoing military ta- training, which is not a de-escalation training. It's yeah. a, you know... Um, Us versus them. It, yeah, and it's very much a, um, you know, an advancement position than a de-escalate and retreat position. Yeah. And uh, and also, by outfitting them in more military-style tactical gear, they also did, a, a like, a psychology, like, research on... It was much more natural for the police to raise their weapons in a given situation while wearing the more military focused gear than it was for a normal like police officer uniform. So like, it's kind of like dressing for the job you want, you know, yeah. like if you're wearing military gear, you're going to be more using Militarized. more tactics. Yeah, exactly. And that's a, been a huge problem in the last, you know, 10 or 15 years, especially that that's been the norm. Which is like, whenever people are like, Oh, like when the founding fathers, they like, when they penned like the constitution, they were thinking about people with muskets, not semi-automatic weapons. But my stance has always been, if the cops have them, we should do them too. Cause at least you can go down shooting. Like honestly, like <laughs> yeah. they're going to try to kill you anyway. Well, that that's, that's even what, uh, they were which talking is why about. if you look at my search history right now, you'll find <laughs> body armor for large breasted women. Oh my God. <laughs> not fucking around here anymore i mean if you're gonna get body armor you, you it might as well fit properly right yeah like i don't want my boobs to like i don't want to get killed because of my breasts yeah my the, large um, breasts the yeah it's it's just crazy to see um and that was something even um oh my god apparently a septa bus was seized <laughs> as soon as we're done this podcast i'm turning on that police scanner oh yeah but that was something uh, they also mentioned on Chapo as well. Is like you know the way the police treat civilians. It's actually shocking that the opposite reaction hasn't been more violent. You know, right? Yeah, it's like I they they need to learn. Like I don't. I mean, I'm not. I'm definitely not a pacifist. But I'm not like pro violence. But at the same time, like if they're not listening, you got to speak their language. Well, that's why I've been I've been listening to a lot of uh, the band Gloss lately. Because it's just some of the angriest music ever made, but I love um, I love the line um, that's regarding. I think it was from written during like the Ferguson shooting, and it's uh, 
when when peace uh when peace is just another word for death it's our turn to give violence a chance yeah <laughs> like, and it's like yeah like when when peaceful protests fall on deaf ears you have to you have to fucking uh you know be blatant you know and they're clearly violent themselves and oh, violence yeah. is the language they speak violence well, is so yeah in fucking brooklyn yesterday like the police response was insane like they're just beating the shit out of people yeah can we talk it's about terrible. my favorite, my favorite, uh, little, I mean, uh, aside from the beauty that was the paddy wagon on fire, did you see <laughs> oh, the, beautiful. uh, the guy, oh my God, we've had so many text messages that I'm going to have to scroll all the way back to find this. Uh, <laughs> so, so once said on Twitter, a little tangential, but today I went to the Barclays Center where the George Floyd protests took place this evening. I got to say my favorite vandalism was the one at this unnecessary succulent and CBD store. And someone just put red spray paint on the window that said stupid store. <laughs> I want to print of that so bad. It's it's <laughs> so perfect. good. It's perfect. I, I love it. But yeah, I, I had a lot of friends who were there and just seeing like the violence that the cops were taking towards the protesters were was like insane. Yeah. Um. So unnecessary. But I think they're, I like, think they're oh, protesting like, again today. Yeah. It's like you you don't want things to escalate unless you're the ones escalating it. Cool. I get it. Yeah. 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 It's, fuck and, cops. you know, they do it with impunity, you know, I don't care if your dad's a cop, like fuck your dad. Like, yeah, well, that's that's something I also like explained to my father of the idea of there are good people, but there are no good cops. Yeah, and and like the if example, you're a good person, get a different job. The well, the the example was if you're let's say there are ten bad cops, and then there's ten good cops, but those good or no, uh, there's ten bad cops, there's a thousand good cops, um, but those one thousand good cops don't turn in or blow the whistle on the ten bad cops. You have a thousand and ten bad cops. Yeah, you know because everyone's complicit, and that's the same shit. Like they They're just they arrested orders. They arrested the guy who was on the neck of uh, George Floyd, but there were like three other cops who were just standing around watching him kill a man. Like they're accessories to murder. They're complicit in his murder. So hopefully, there's justice to that too. But. Uh, Oh my god! Some of the shit uh, to lighten things up a little bit, but still saying yeah, on the we same need to topic. lighten this up. Uh, the woman in the wheelchair that everyone mistook as a handicapped eighty-year-old woman, Jenny. Call her by was, her um, name. I guess that was neck. That was day two of the Minneapolis uh, protests when the when the looting of uh, Target started. Um, <laughs> Target's a number one stand. I, I so for people who don't know, there was a woman in a motorized wheelchair. Uh, heavier set woman, kind of short, bob haircut. She looked very elderly. She was not looking great. She was apparently um, only 30. So, yeah. Sorry so if here's I took that from you, but I just, <laughs> it shocked me. I refuse to believe it. So she she was not looking hot. Uh, she was not looking good. She was she was looking a little rough. But she's in a wheelchair. And we're not, she's we're not this... body shaming anyone. She just really was a... She... The, the world was not kind to her. Um, so, but she literally was using this motorized wheelchair that she was in to block the fire exit of people running out of Target. So she was like using her, her cart to fucking block people from looting Target, essentially. But not only that, she was stabbing people with like a paring knife as they're running out of Target. 
So then someone blasts her but in the face with a, fire, with a fire extinguisher. Oh, yeah. She let a bunch of white people out. Um, so someone blasts her in the face with a fire extinguisher and just covers her in, like, white dust. So then it made it look like her hair was gray. And everyone... And then there was all this footage of, um, you know, people, like, roughing her up because she's fucking stabbing people. Yeah. And everyone... And then... Oh, my God. He's the fucking worst person on the internet. Uh, Andy... Andy Go? Andy No, I think is how you pronounce it. N-G-O. He's, mm-hmm. like, the alt-right agitator journalist who, like, he he would cover a lot of the, like, Portland protests and stuff in Oregon. Mm-hmm. And he got, like, hit in the head with, a, like, a bottle or some shit. Like, people hate him. And, like, he, they never want him anywhere near the riots. Because he'll literally, you know, very selectively post things that make it look like the Antifa are the worst people on the planet. And everyone else are angels, you know? I mean... And he literally posted the video I of... I could say something about Antifa, but I'll just... I'll just bite my tongue here. But, um, you know, he posted footage of this woman getting roughed up and he's like this elderly woman in a wheelchair is getting you know uh beaten up by these savage animals like super triggered words like very you know all dog whistle bullshit yeah uh but the thing was there was footage of this woman leaping out of her wheelchair can i just just stop you there though as I want to try to advocate for disabled people. Uh-huh. A lot of times they can walk, especially in like high adrenaline situations. Mm-hmm. They just can't walk for long. That makes sense. Yeah. But like I said, it got picked up by a bunch of I'm news not stations. standing her or making excuses, but I do want to say that a lot of disabled people have the ability to walk. They just can't do it because yeah. of underlying so health conditions. Here's something though. Here's, here's something I wanted to pitch. Just to anybody who might have an answer, because I fucking don't have an answer, and I don't—I know you don't have an answer either. I have all the answers. <laughs> okay, so maybe you do have an answer. What could possibly compel a regular citizen to feel like it's their job to defend a corporate entity mm-hmm. like Target to the level that you're stabbing people to keep them from stealing? fucking throw pillows so i don't want to come across as like i'm gonna go ahead and just say marketing like i don't want to say that like brand twitter and like like, brand identifier yeah like like personifying brands is like the cause of all evil in the world but i feel like it really does give people this like allegiance Mm -hmm. to these corporations in a in a way that like it gives them human qualities and people sort of forget that I get that. It's yeah. a billion dollar corporation, not your friend. Yeah. I mean, not the diagnosis woman, but she was definitely not all there either. <laughs> it's, she, just uh, was, uh, she just thought better of herself because she wasn't taking advantage of that hundred percent off sale. Or maybe she was mad that that other woman took all the lamps. I love that. You know that woman was eyeing that. <laughs> she had those $80 lamps in her witch list for years. Now's my love chance. It. I fucking love it. Um, so I wanted to move on a little bit if if you're okay with, with changing the subject for yeah, a bit. Yeah, it's, um, it's... I wanted to move yeah. on to uh, Jeffrey Epstein's egg-shaped penis. <laughs> I was, oh my God, I think I texted you this morning. I 
I did my work because I always say I don't know why I do this, but I'm like so over it by Friday afternoon that I save a little bit of work to do on Saturday morning. So Mm -hmm. I finished my Saturday morning work and I like laid down. I was like, I'm going to have some wine. So I ended up just getting like day drunk (laughs) and eating my leftover chicken and waffles because I ordered a salad and they gave me chicken and waffles instead. They they know what you really wanted. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I watched all of the episodes of the Jeffrey Epstein documentary. I watched. And them I all wasn't yesterday. as shocked as I should have been, which is how I was like, okay, I need less internet and more stoop time. <laughs> well, there there was a lot. There wasn't a lot of new information. It's true. It was great to see the like face to face testimonials of. The actual victims. It was very it, painful, though, to see. Like, this was clearly, like, made a little while ago. Because they're like, yeah. yeah, the Me Too, it's not going to just be a trend. It's like, oh, until someone accuses Joe Biden. And then they're going to abandon <sighs> yeah. it. The white liberals. Yeah, I um, I love, just, like, right off the bat, the... Uh, <laughs> just, I sent you the two pictures of just the... You have what's been described as an egg-shaped penis. And then the other one, <laughs> sir, one witness described your penis as oval-shaped. And the idea of an oval-shaped penis is a description floored me. I had and to I know pause it's like, it and try to visualize it. And then it, it just it, upset me too much. It's very upsetting. I just uh, like literally it, pictured an egg. Yeah, like, it that's may how very well. I have one no of those... imagination. One of those screenshots may very well make it to be the episode photo for this. <laughs> Just because you know, what's been described as an oval-shaped penis. And it's like so cavalier. Yeah. But the the documentary is fucking wild. Like to hear so the thing that really took me by surprise. And again, like if there's any fucking hope left in our justice system, just immediately gone. Um, was the fucking fact that they talked about his original jail sentence in Florida, mm-hmm. where he spent a year where almost entirely of that year was spent at him just at his office, like able to go about his regular day and make you know money his work and, release program yeah. allowed him to just go back to his regular work like it was nothing. And then on top of that, they're like, as someone who is in jail for a sex crime, like, there's almost no work release ever offered to that because of the nature of the crime, you know? Yeah. Like, he can't be around normal society, and they they just let him go. They, they said his, his fucking... He had his own wing of the prison, and then also, like, his, his door wasn't locked. Yeah, he could just come and go as he pleased. And he got, like, food, like, non-prison food. Like, it's fucking insane. What are your thoughts on Kislan? Like, and then they had all of his, um, his, uh, when he was, like, under house arrest afterwards. And he just, like, would go to Paris. And he would go to the fucking his island. And he would go to New York. And he would go all over. And they had, you know, private investigators showing all of this stuff to the prosecutors. And they're just like, what do you want us to do? Well, I don't know. <laughs> like, him just violating parole like, endlessly. I and wish that they had, I mean, like, not that it's important to the story or anything, but I wish that there was, there was more on the temple. <sighs> That's the best part of the Epstein saga that, like, the, the, no one the wants blue to talk white, about. Like, gold dome temple on the hill. Yeah, with, like, the eagles. I mean, keeping, allegedly keeping that's vigil. his music room. <laughs> 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 like, uh, it gives me the chills. 
those under underage girls supine on the piano <laughs> in his music room. <laughs> But yeah, it's just fucking, it's it's wild. Like, interviewing that guy who was, like, the maintenance, his, like, cell, like, he had his own cellular network on the island. Like, that's insane. Yeah. But they, they interviewed that guy, and he was just like, yeah, like, the second I actually, like, realized what was going on, like, I pieced the fuck out. Yeah. But, holy shit, it's like, it's, it's, again, like, a lot of it wasn't new information, but it's fucking dark. Yeah, it was, it was upsetting. I need to do something nice and light. Um, okay. I mean, I feel like we need to give the listeners more of what they want, which is why right now I'm going to transition from talking about Jeffrey Epstein's penis to talking about <laughs> John Poppers. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, tr- earlier this week, I don't even know where it started, but I just got this weird obsession with John Popper's tactical harmonica vest. <laughs> Which, like, made an appearance on an episode of Pawn Stars. Oh, my God. (laughs) You didn't tell me that part. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I'll have to send it to you. It was so good. It was on an episode of Pawn Stars. Um, uh, Let me call up my buddy who's an expert at John Popper's tactical (laughs) harmonica vests. (laughs) I got a guy. (laughs) Yeah. It's so bizarre. But yeah, I learned he has a bunch of property in Bucks County and like his own private shooting range. I was like, oh, I got to become friends with this guy. (laughs) And then you had to go ahead and ruin it all for me. (laughs) So John Popper, I mean, this is not an isolated incident either because I sent you that like BuzzFeed article. It's a so it's John Popper. It's like he's a known philanderer. (laughs) I mean, he, if you look at him, he is like the neck beardiest dude. Oh, absolutely. He like he would be like a total 4chan guy for sure. Um, so he is known, and there's a whole like list of like tweets and shit of um, him just being really creepy to women on the internet, like through the official Blues Traveler uh, Twitter page. And respect. This goes back to my friend uh, Jess Perry, who. I think, like, just on a whim, like, posted something. She was like, oh, I'm, like, randomly out to dinner, and I just decided to Google John Popper masturbation. (laughs) (laughs) And she just tweeted that. And then John Popper responded, and he deleted all the tweets, and I couldn't dig them back up. But from memory, I'm I'm remembering a couple of them. And one of them was like, oh, if if you Googled my penis in real life, I'd probably get excited. And then was, like, saying real creep shit to her. And she's just like, what the fuck is going... And, like, it kept going. John Popper, take several seats, please. (laughs) Well, he yeah, he's a large man. He needs to to physically take several seats. (laughs) (laughs) On an airplane, specifically. Uh, He's got to... I don't want to get into some fatphobic shit, but... Uh, (laughs) That's just... It's just It's just John Popper uh yeah it's it's wild but yeah so john popper's penis has been in the in our news her <laughs> our local <laughs> group chat news yeah i don't know like, yeah, where this truly I, I, yeah i mean a wild man i mean that one song is really good <laughs> but also like how many harmonicas does one person need i know they're all in different keys i think if, like, i think if that's like your thing you know how many cameras do i have you know you need how a many tactical do I need? camera vest I, that that's actually like a thing that like the photo the old photojournalist vests are great with like the thousand pockets yeah that's how like bruce gilden wears one and like jeff mermelstein like the like the old school street photographers yeah 
Uh, uh, that's going to be me soon with my tactical camera vest. Do you think he vest. practices with the tactical vest? Can I get... So um, he can make sure... Oh. Like, so he can grab the correct harmonica without looking? <laughs> he just has all the harmonicas like uh, the guy in the end of uh, Boondock Saints, where he just has all the all the guns <laughs> <laughs> during the there was a firefight scene. You know what I'm talking about? Do you think they're arranged by like musical, like by like the actual note themselves or according to the set list? That's a good call. I'm. We're gonna have to reach out to him. We gotta get John, John Popper, Popper. Come on, come on the come pod. On defend podcast? yourself. <laughs> <laughs> we got questions and accusations. <laughs> we'll just like start asking him about his vest, and then be like, "Why you gotta what, what, talk about your dick so much, man? Would, would you describe your penis as oval shaped?" <laughs> <laughs> there was oh there. I need a okay now. Now you got me going. I have like two percent battery left on my phone, but I have to use it to go on the John Popper wikipedia because there was something that i read about him that was Does just have a, so bizarre have a wikipedia uh like uh section that just says uh penis accusations <laughs> equipment <laughs> <laughs> what key is this penis in uh, okay so what was it um it is very sad okay so Popper has a tattoo across his chest that says, I want to be brave, written backwards. <laughs> uh, Popper is an avid collector of weaponry, including firearms, swords, a working $10,000 American Civil War cannon. He cites a fascination with their aesthetic of being life-savingly efficient machines. I, I know. you know what? I... He's a member of the Libertarian Party, but he endorsed George W. Bush. He endorsed Ron Paul. Popper, with and without Blues Traveler, has played at conventions, fundraisers, and ceremonies for both Republican and Democratic politicians. He and his dick Damn. are truly bipartisan. We got a fence uh, walker. Oh, wait. So saying. he says, Popper has said, I was a bleeding heart liberal until I got a job. John Popper, what is your job? <laughs> known internet menace john popper (laughs) but it's funny because i'm reading this and i'm like making fun of it but if there was a man that had these ideologies with just like tasteful glasses and a beard you'd know i'd be all over his dick oh oh boy and once again i'm not referring to one single person but (laughs) (laughs) it's just more of an amalgamation of other people yeah it's a problem boy at least the sure. first step is admitting you have a problem. You've admitted it, but you've you've taken no steps. To <laughs> to <laughs> just the like men with it. a laissez-faire mentality <laughs> just gets me so horny. Should we should we transition the question? Yes, please. <laughs> Did you get any this week? I only got one. I got four. I got it's, it's, I got one. We have some very I, dedicated question askers. So I got just, one, but then I got a. a dm that was like this is not the time wow really <laughs> from a wow. white person podcast canceled no art today no art today <laughs> oh boy oh. um oh, i got a couple questions we have some very dedicated question askers who just hit us with the fire every week okay. i appreciate it oh, okay um i guess i'll go first then if you only have one yeah. we'll pad it out a little bit um okay well this one isn't 
Not a question, but the world has been feeling heavier lately. No shit. <laughs> yeah. There's just been so much shit going on. Like, endlessly. I mean, I did forget for a little bit that we're also in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. So. Does this mean that the numbers are going to spike again in two weeks? Probably. I mean, probably. But it is not. Well, so that's kind of part of the reason why I feel like there's just been so much popping off. And it's just because we've been cooped up for three months. Yeah. And now, like. All of that energy is just being released into like a focused point. Because we're in these and unprecedented times. These are these are wild times. These are unprecedented times. Cue sad piano music. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's definitely the world is feeling heavy. It's just there's so much shit going on. I mean, we just passed 100,000 dead. Uh, and Trump is, is tweeting about people's like TV ratings and shit still. <laughs> so, um, I'll transition that right into the next question is... Uh, What's more beautiful than a burning cop car? And I would say a burning police precinct. <laughs> oh, I was going to say like a burning cop. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, honestly, it's been wild to see like the fucking... Did you see the video of like the cops escaping the police precinct? Like they literally like burst through the back gate and like two dozen cop cars like zipped out. And then they fucking burnt the place down. And yeah. there's something very symbolic about a burning police precinct you like, love to see it we do we do we stay um be safe out there though yeah be safe um <laughs> really great time for me to bring up people quote unquote breaking vegan for justice and buying milk wait excuse me <laughs> what did you just say <laughs> i saw a few people on my twitter feed that were like this is this is a big time. I'm breaking vegan for justice because they bought milk to put in their eyes for tear gas. <sighs> I mean, it's really breaking vegan if you like don't consume the milk. Like, I mean, you're contributing to the dairy to big dairy. Um, but water and Maylocks works best true. because yeah. the chemicals have changed a lot. So. Um, that's actually something that's really funny uh, that people have been reposting the um, Chinese protest tactics, and it's fucking remarkable. Oh, like in Chinese Hong Kong where they have the, like, the leaf blowers? The leaf blower is so good. Yeah. Uh, honestly, we're fucking stupid for not thinking of that because it's yeah. genius. Yeah. Um, but then the other thing is like the tactical – they like work as a fucking like Navy SEAL team. They have hand gestures and hand signals. Yeah. They have human chains for supplies. They, like, move as one. And they, they describe it as um, moving like water. And they, they, they'll protest somewhere, and then they'll all they jump on like a train. They probably have, like, a cool-ass name for it, too. Yeah. It's, it's, it translates not as elegantly to um. It's probably, like, English, a... But. I, I can't even, like, say anything without sounding racist. <laughs> then it's better to not. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, they're, they, like, they show up in a location Just start making guttural noises and then they literally all jump on a train and then go to a different location like as the cops are arriving at their last location it's genius they're they're fucking amazing we have a lot to learn from their tactics because it's it's wild but um yeah it's just it's just cool to see people fucking uprising and taking to the streets and like showing the cops that they actually don't control us yeah like, it's, it's cool fuck you cops. uh do you want to put your question in yeah, my question was, how do I have a hot girl summer? And I like don't want to be uh, don't want to be a boner killer right now. But I think uh, I think hot girl summer summer is canceled. 
<laughs> yeah, and big boy seasons extended. True. <laughs> Indefinitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think uh, you can still buy some land. Just fucking buy buy some land. Change the meaning of what a hot girl summer means to you. Yeah, for me, it's buying some land. I'm Uh, I'm gonna have a hot girl summer. Living off the grid. Change what that means. Uh, not fucking anyone. Uh, just building your compound. Getting homesteading skills. Like learning how to start a generator, how to clean my solar panels. Nice. Yeah, nice. that's that's hot girl summer. <laughs> Homesteading. That's hot Physically girl summer. Physically temperature hot girl summer. Yeah. <laughs> some sweat equi- some sweat equity. Yeah. Um, I I like one. I like uh I liked the the phrase homesteading instead of. I do that. too. My yeah, friend looked so. into that for a while. Yeah. So and then and didn't follow through. That's the um, new hot girl summer. <laughs> for me have you been uh, this is uh, this is more for me but possibly for you have you been taking photos lately i haven't found much inspiration these days um i started this whole thing out taking a lot of photos because i've been i was kind of like rediscovering my neighborhood and like taking long walks and you know taking i mean for the longest time all of my work was photos of people so i started taking photos of a lot of flowers uh, things like that. I love like high saturated kind of flash photos of flowers, a lot of fences and symbols of, you know, kind of, uh, you know, physical limitations, things like that. Um, but now I've kind of seen everything around my neighborhood multiple times over. <laughs> so yeah. I've kind of run out of things to photograph, um, at least immediately in my vicinity. But yeah, I definitely feel you on like, the lack of inspiration lately. Um, hoping to change that soon. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. I might try to take a road trip or something and just fucking change my scenery. Even just like being in a car for eight hours at a clip, you know? Hell yeah. Do you have any more questions? Yeah, I got one more. I think we can actually expand on this a little bit too, so that'll be good. Um, is Trump going to ruin Twitter with his new executive order? Uh, I don't know if Twitter's you're familiar been ruined. with that. I mean, Twitter already sucks, but I'm talking about like, oh, I'm assuming this person is, um, you know, referring to that executive order that he signed because he got mad that Twitter fact checked him. And essentially what he's trying to do is make Internet websites with that allow user based content or, you know, comment sections, things like that, make them responsible for the things that people post on their websites, which as a company standpoint is a hundred percent unsustainable and like just un uh, yeah, the ability to moderate is almost impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, basically it's opening up <laughs> these social media companies and things like that to being able to be like more easily sued given the content that they host on their site by labeling them more as a publisher than an actual, than like, an ad revenue machine, which is what they currently are. Yeah. So uh, the way he talks about it, though, like what he's trying to revoke might actually make his tweets even more censored, quote unquote, because they'll be even more held responsible to the things that are posted on their site, including yeah. Donald Trump's tweets yeah. inciting violence against American citizens. Yeah. Um. But... 
I feel like what would happen would it would just make these sites not able to exist because there's no way to moderate it. There's no way to limit it. So the for almost every site except maybe Twitter who might have the capital to maintain such insane regulations, but it'll pretty much remove any kind of message boards. It'll remove any kind of comment sections on like news sites. It will remove any kind of like general conversation. Like, I mean, Reddit probably also has enough capital to handle it, but it will remove any kind of controversial opinion because I mean, AI will figure it out. Like, I I mean, I hope it gets shot down. We even have that like with our product for work. We have like Mm -hmm. a, like obviously people can pay extra to have human moderation, but there's like certain like a, obscenity filters and like sentiment analysis that's done by ai so i just feel like companies will get really lazy and they'll just start censoring using ai which isn't necessarily a good thing oh well i mean that's that's stuff that twitter's already doing that's why people get banned for like a week on twitter for saying like men are trash like yeah or calling someone a turf you know and it's it's fucking stupid and it's already ridiculous but I mean, people have been calling for Twitter to do something about Donald Trump's tweets forever. Yeah. And even, like I said, he's telling people that... When you say Donald like, Trump, do you mean President Tweety? <laughs> yes, President Tweety. Um, he And that's how, that's how Donald Trump won the election. Yeah. Well, he's, um, he's already setting up to make this next round, like this next election, look Ill- illegitimate. Mm. I mean, it's already, honestly, the Democratic primary was already, like, illegitimate anyway because... Yeah. They continued to have primary voting in person during a pandemic. And it was already some of the lowest voter turnout in like the country's history. But Ooh, they Philly protest update. The mm-hmm. Frank Rizzo statue is currently on fire. Hell yeah. You love to see it. That should have been done a long time ago. That's some symbology, uh, symbology right there. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's. Donald Trump telling people that, you know, already ramping up that, like, redistricting or mail-in ballots are voter fraud outright. Yeah. Is already just revving things up that no matter what the outcome of this next election is, it won't be legitimate in the eyes of whoever, either side. But, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's it's also very false, which is why they, like, added fact-checking to it because they're, he's, you know, calling voter, you know, mail-in voting, which... Some states have been doing for decades, you know, and it's, uh, you know, he's just ramping up to the, if he doesn't get his way, it's, he's just going to call fraud, you know? Yeah. But so they didn't even censor him. They just fact checked him and just sent, you know, a little pop-up thing that tells you to double check your actual thoughts and ideas. And then, yeah. And then they nailed him with the inciting violence thing. And again, didn't remove his tweet. Just put a little disclaimer on it. Yeah. Saying that it would be removed in any other circumstance if it wasn't the president. <laughs> and he's, like, fucking losing his mind over that, too. So, again, really uh, focusing on the things that are important that's currently happening in the country. Yeah. Like, the 100,000 dead and, you know, the um, people getting murdered. The rebellion that's happening. Yeah. Oh, oh God. I, his... was, uh, I was reading the coming insurrection a few weeks ago, and now it feels like it's all unfolding. <laughs> it's It's all come true. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was the shit he was talking about. The He's been calling, well, just a week ago, all the armed militia people stormed the state capitals to get a haircut and buy Baskin-Robbins. 
It's a little bigger than that, but and bringing off. their bazookas to Subway. <laughs> that was crazy. They were made of wood. <laughs> Even the bazooka. Yeah. Okay. Well, still. Um, but then the same thing is, you know, he he called those people that they were doing a fine job and they were give these people what they want, and then he immediately calls all the protesters that are black and brown people thugs, which is highly highly race uh, coded. Dog yeah. whistle coded language. But here's the thing. I feel like like both protests for me are important in their own way. Like I think that, yeah, like it totally the first of which that you described totally got lost in the whole like I want a haircut. But I do think that there was some legitimate sentiment and that like there is probably more common ground between us and like a lot of those more reasonable protesters and you would think and that they're like hey this sets a really bad precedent as far as like government suspending your rights indefinitely i mean there's definitely parts i agree about that too but i think it's the people who are calling themselves like the three percenters and things like that are it, it, it's become politicized in a way that it's kind of beyond the idea of like like, being asked to wear a mask at the grocery store is not, like, inhibiting your freedom. No. You know? But, um, yeah, it's definitely... There's there's a lot more nuance to it than a lot of people play and, and give it credit. But, again, speaking in the terms of Donald Trump, he's calling these people very fine people, and he's calling these other people thugs. Which is funny, actually, because they're, like, essentially going against his... His order. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's silly. But he plays it so he, like keeps his base thinking that he's on their side and yeah. that it's all in the hands of the gov- of the local government and the state government and he's he I want you all to be free I'm the, you know whatever you want but it's the I, I have no control because it's the private business owners and the and the state yeah and um so but yeah but the things that were really troubling is the stuff he was tweeting about last night about the protesters in DC they're like if these people scale you know the if they break the perimeter of the White House, we have, you know, um, they'll be met with uh, vicious dogs and weapons beyond, uh, ominous weapons beyond my comprehension. Did you see that there were people on Twitter who were like, oh my God, they got into the White House and it was just like a white building with pillars. And then there was this other person that was like, this is why we're fighting for better education. Oh my God. <laughs> That's so funny. But yeah, it's um, the, yeah, it's just, I mean, he was talking about, he's like, yeah, these, uh, these, we're putting all the young Secret Service agents up front because they're like jonesing for some action, and it's like <laughs> these trigger happy youngins. He can't stop declaring like you know governmental uh, violence Overreach, against citizens. Yeah, and and that's something that the three percenters should be fighting for because you know small <laughs> government. Yeah, that's why I fucking hate this guy because it's like you're you're not you're not like. That the name Republican is just like Republicans are just as authoritarian as any other party now. Yeah. They oh, it's yeah. just because like they're the ones that are in power. I fucking hate it. This is why mm-hmm. I just cannot I cannot align myself with any party. Yeah. It's the same shit of like I now you kinda now so you have to like big decipher yourself. That I am beyond party boundaries. Well, that's the same thing with me. It's like you can't really like, you can't describe yourself as a Democrat anymore because it's not the belief system. Like, you, you have to describe yourself, like, for me personally, as, like, a leftist 
because like now being a Democrat just means you're essentially a centrist. Like yeah. it's uh it's it's not the progressive party anymore. Like neoliberalism is not liberalism at all. Um but yeah, so it's crazy to me that these people are demanding small government and freedom, but they're also like cheering on a president who is, you know, threatening violence against American citizens. Yeah. And like And saying, like oh, who's to say like oh like like the same kind of thing again, like, oh, it's like American citizens who don't look like me, but there was like I don't want to liken it to the Holocaust. But there was like this quote about the Holocaust that was like, when they came from the such and such, I didn't do anything. And when they came for such and such, I didn't do anything. And then they came for me and there was no one left to speak on my behalf. Yep. No, it's true. Um, And that's the same shit I told you like about like the police declaring anyone who's not police as different, you know? Yeah. And less than. Yeah. And it makes it that much easier to snuff out someone's life when you believe that they're less than you, you know? (sighs) It's uh. I mean, yeah, I didn't so, even want uh, to get into this To answer that question, yeah, right the world's now. feeling a little heavier. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I got like super, super into reading and listening about MK Ultra, but that's oh my god, that's for another time. <laughs> that's a whole another yeah, podcast. It's a whole other series. Um, so I think that about wraps it up for this week. What do you What do you say? Do you got some other people's content? I do, I do. So I actually wanted to have. Uh, in these unprecedented times, my <laughs> other people's content and my plug are both the same. So I don't know if you want to do yours first. Um, yeah, yeah, sure. So um, for me, I watched an incredible old uh, French film called Playtime by Jacques Tati. Uh, it's a 1967 film. It took him about, I think, three or four years to create. Uh, he built like a notoriously huge set that they referred to as Toddyville. Um, but basically it's a film. It was shot. He insisted on shooting it on 70 millimeter, which is why the quality of it holds up like today immaculately. So he shot it on large format film. Um, it's all about kind of, it's very strange. There's no central protagonist. There's a couple characters who are followed around briefly that intertwine. And it takes place in different sections. There's like a futuristic office building. It's a man being like, he's not used to what is being a modern France, modern Paris. So he's in like a, it's him kind of bumbling around. Uh, his character actually was the central um, inspiration for what became Mr. Bean later on. Mm. Um Monsieur, uh, his, uh, Monsieur Hublot, I believe is the, or Hulot is the character, but he's like bumbling around like a futuristic office building and there's all this stuff that's like, you know, and then there's like a, a trade show with a bunch of like Americanized stuff. And then there's like a restaurant where like everything's going wrong. That's like in the middle of being constructed while it's like opening night. And it's, it's really amazing. Like the, most of the dialogue is actually kind of background noise. Is it in French? Um, I did have a version with a English dub, mm. but there is a lot of French still in it. It's beautiful. It's, it's profoundly shot. It's everything is kind of blue gray toned. Oh, I love so that. So it, look, it looks almost like it's a color movie, but it almost looks like it's black and white, except for like certain specific things. Um, it's absolutely beautiful. It's on the Criterion channel. Uh, so you can check it out if you have that, or you can do the, you know, the free month or whatever they're offering. But highly recommend. It's absolutely beautiful. 
Um, and it's just like a delightful movie. Like it's full of so many sight gags. I'm sorry, did you just say are, delightful? It's delight. It's a delightful romp, I would say. Um, <laughs> but it's like it's it's absolutely packed full of sight gags that are like happening simultaneously. So like it's almost worth like rewatching two or three times. Um, but yeah, so I I watched that this week. It was a great kind of uh, escape from the heaviness of, yeah, of the life escapism. at the moment yeah. to watch something that is. Uh, just really fun and really well done. So yeah, uh, fantastic movie. During the time of cinema where you didn't like need a heavy plot point or anything, it's 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 nice. Fantastic. So yeah, Playtime by Jacques Tati. Check it out. We. Oui. Okay. <laughs> so. Baguette, all that shit, uh, all that merd. Okay, so I wanted to do a little something special, um, and I had a friend who. So she posted this book last night and I asked because I wanted to read the book. Um, the book itself is called Heavy and I the name of the author is escaping from me right now, but it's a black author. It's a book about being black in America and I wanted to purchase the book, but I didn't want to buy it from a mass bookseller. So I asked her if she knows of any black owned bookstores that are open and taking orders right now. And she didn't, but she crowdsourced some answers. And uh, she ended up sharing them. So I want to further amplify her voice and uh, share some black-owned bookstores that everyone should be patronizing. Uh, Harriet's Bookshop, which is in Philadelphia. Uh, For Keeps Books. I'm not exactly sure where this one is. It looks like it is in atlanta um uh cafe con libros which is in brooklyn uh karis books and more in decatur georgia and uh let's see what else black soul vintage and uncle bobby's which is also in philadelphia so those are some black-owned bookstores that you should all be buying books from right now. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Support black-owned businesses, please. And uh, where can people find you? People can find me at E.M. Rikini. Uh, I've been getting canceled by a lot of centrists on Twitter lately, so I think I'm doing a good job. And also on Instagram, which people have been complaining that I'm not doing enough. So I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> but like, what else do you want me to do? Yeah. Um, you can follow me at Dan Bassini on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, check out my website, danbassini.com, where you can pick up your copy of No Invite. I had three orders to Australia. Hell that yeah. went out this week, which is fucking cool. I don't know what has been boosting me in Australia lately, but thank you. Um, so, yeah, pick that up. I would say also um, we'll include the link in the description, but check out the song you heard at the beginning of this episode of uh, my version of Hell yeah. uh, <laughs> everybody. Uh, I don't even remember the name of it. Um, Everybody's free to wear face cream. <laughs> is my version <laughs> check that out uh and also i'd like to say that um if you can donate to the minnesota freedom fund and uh any local bail funds that have been set up around uh your area 
to help people who are, you know, need help with bail who have been arrested protesting in your area. Yeah, but please don't screenshot it. That shit's corny. Yeah, yeah. Performative. You're not obligated to, uh, you know, advertise how much you're donating and who you're donating to. Yeah, it's so weird. Um, Just knock that shit off. (laughs) Got the... That's Get a very that's a there. very aristocrat thing to do, and you yeah. don't want to you don't want to philander with aristocracy. <laughs> so yeah, don't don't feel obligated to share your your um, charitable givings. But yeah, uh, I think that does it for this week. Another fine episode of I Do Say Myself. Yeah, a heavy Have one. Have a nice life. But, you know. Do you want to say Bye. it again? Because I was interrupting you. Nope. Okay. Bye. Bye.